0: Welcome to Leadership Requested. I'm your host, Jen Rebar. Thanks for listening. After the pandemic hit, the world was more disconnected than ever before. My daughter Juliana and I wanted to help, so we started this podcast to empower leaders with encouraging messages from around the world. We both love hearing people tell their heartfelt stories and have a passion for learning. Join us every Wednesday as a unique leader comes on our show to talk with us and share their story of how they use leadership to make their slice of the world a better place. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy listening to our show, subscribe to our channel, give us a review, and let us know what you think. Remember, your leadership has been requested. Are you ready? Thank you so much for being on Leadership Requested this week. I really appreciate you joining us. And Linda, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know a little bit more about your leadership journey.
1: Sure. Uh, well, I'm Linda Griffin. I'm currently a book coach for nonfiction authors, but I really started out my, my career in business in the technology field. And I was a math major in college and uh, joined a technology company. And uh, through that, job. I I went into many different positions in leadership, you know, team leader, manager, executive, et cetera. So I've had a really long career in leadership. But I like to say that I started in leadership when I was a kid because I'm the oldest of four. And so I used to boss my brothers and sisters around all the time. So I've been a leader ever since I was a child. oldest children definitely do that yes yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely so uh so yeah so I when I left my corporate job I started my uh, my company and um, you know it's a different type of leadership when you're in a corporate environment you have a whole support system around you and when you own your own business it's just you you're wearing all of the hats <laughs> and so that was a big culture shock for me to uh, say well wait a minute I don't have that instant credibility that I used to have when I could put my corporate business card on the table. Now it's my my business card. And they're like, but who are you again? (laughs) Right? And what do you do? (laughs) So it was really a, uh, a, a journey and a learning experience for me to learn how to stand up for my own brand as opposed to my company's brand.
0: What inspired you to make that jump from being a woman in tech to starting your own
1: business? Yeah, well, you know, it it was a while coming. I, I really felt like I had done everything that I had started out to do in corporate and i really wanted to have more of a work-life balance for myself Um, i had uh, my daughter was she's grown now but at the time she was still in school and i really just wanted to have more flexibility the corporate job was quite demanding as far as weekends and holidays, being on call and things like that. And I I just wanted to really strike out on my own. And and I also felt like I had a lot to offer with my experience that I had learned in corporate. And there were so many people out there who, you know, didn't have the same experience that I had that I felt like I could help other people get ahead, whether it was in business or whether it was in their own their own, you know, their own company. Very true. It is nice when you have kind of those initial building blocks to be Mm -hmm. able
0: to start off of. So can you tell me a little bit more about what that process was starting your own business and how you got out there?
1: Sure. Well, I started out by thinking that I wanted to be a career coach because that was what I knew. You know, I was very successful in my corporate job and, uh, and there, and being a woman in technology, it's not, the uh, most straightforward path, if you will. And so I thought I would start out by coaching other women in corporate how to be successful. And I did that for a while and, uh, and it was great, but I just felt like I, that wasn't really like my true calling, so to speak. And while I was doing that, I started networking with other small business owners and those people, I was like, oh, okay, I'm very process oriented. I'm a step-by-step person. And I thought, you know, many small business owners just kind of wing it. They fly by the seat of their pants and they don't have really good processes. So I thought, well, I could take what I learned in corporate about creating processes and really tailor it to small businesses. And they don't have to be as complicated as they were with all these different departments and things. But you know, as a solopreneur or as a company that has, you know, 10 to 20 employees, you can still create some processes that that work for your business and make things easier for you. So I did that for a while. And the only problem with that is I really immersed myself into every client. So mm-hmm. I had to learn a new 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 language every time I, you know, office products one week and accounting <laughs> the next week, and I was like, oh, wait, I don't, I don't want to be an expert in all of these areas, right? So yeah. uh, so then I thought, well, okay, and, and I think this is a journey that many entrepreneurs go through where they're kind of searching for what is the thing that they want to settle on, uh, and my, my friends would laugh at me, and they're saying, well, what are you doing this week, Linda, in your business, <laughs> right? Uh, so I decided I wanted to specialize, get away from doing every type of business, with marketing. And I I love to travel. I travel for fun all the time. And I picked a segment of the travel and hospitality industry, which was the bed and breakfast industry. It's a subset. It's great. You know, it's great people who work in those those businesses. And I, that was when I wrote my first book. Uh, The coach that I had at the time said, well, you know, you don't really have any clients in the bed and breakfast industry. So why don't you write a book? Because that's a great way to establish your authority and credibility. And um, silly me, I was like, oh, okay, let me do that, right? Well, there was this big industry conference every year in January for the innkeepers. And I decided that I would launch my book at the next innkeepers conference. Well, the only problem was this was October and the conference was in January. Wow, you certainly gave yourself a deadline. <laughs> so, yes, and I knew nothing about publishing. I, I did know that I couldn't get a traditional Traditional publishing contract because it would take too long to do that. So I knew I had to self-publish, but I had no idea how to go from there. So I really just, you know, trial by fire, taught myself, read everything I could on the internet, you know, signed up for some online courses, did a whole bunch of stuff. And, um, and, And I did get that book done. I got that book done. It's called Maximum Occupancy, How Smart Innkeepers Put Heads in Beds in Every Season, because that is the big problem that they have. Have. They're fully booked in the summer, but in the winter or the slow season, unless they're in a ski area, they really you know, are almost dead in the water. So uh, so I interviewed 15 different innkeepers and asked them what was the most successful promotion they had ever done. And I got so many great responses, and I put that in the book, along with some marketing practices that I felt all the innkeepers could use to really get control of their market. And and so I did launch it at that conference and it was very successful. It it opened doors for me in that industry. I got speaking engagements and a couple of the state associations added my book to their curriculum for aspiring innkeepers. So it was really, really a great experience for me. Um, The only reason I didn't stick with that market is that uh, and this was before the pandemic when all travel and hospitality just went you know, down the tubes. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they the bed and breakfast owners are really running on very thin margins and they didn't have a lot of money to apply to marketing. and they really preferred primarily to do it on their own. So it wasn't really a viable um a viable method method for me to really have my business thrive by just going after those. Um and so fortunately while I was going through that, people realized that I had written a book and they started coming to me and asking me, well, how'd you write your book? And I've always wanted to write a book and can you help me write my book, right? And and so I did help a few people just casually. And I loved it so much that I was like, oh, wow, I really want to do this. And so I pivoted my whole business. And that's what I do now. I help nonfiction authors write and self-publish their books. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't deal in fiction. I love to read fiction for fun, but I don't want to help people write because I don't want to do dialogue and I don't want to do scenery and all the things that go into fiction books. So, yeah, so I stick with what I know.
0: Well, I find it so admirable that you, one, set a crazy deadline, but you didn't really get overwhelmed by that. You really took that as a challenge and you made something of it. I like that you took it as a challenge and you went ahead, ran with it, and you created a product that was quite usable.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the thing about that is it it was not painless, (laughs) There were some sleepless nights and some tears around it, right? (laughs) But, but, But the goal was, and here's the thing, and this is what I tell people, you should always have something, some kind of an external goal that you're shooting for, right? For me, it was that conference. And I had already put money down. I had invested in a booth. And so if I didn't have my book done, I was going to be in an empty booth with nothing to say and nothing to sell, right? So it was a great incentive to say, okay, even when you feel like giving up, don't because at the end of the day, you've got something that you've committed to and you need to honor that commitment. Right. Well, and there's plenty of people who would have just said, you know what, this is too
0: much. I'm going to just eat the money and walk away, but you figured out the courses, you figured out, you know, how to make it happen, which is where tons of people give up and you just kept climbing. And I really like that. Ultimately you pivoted. You really Mm -hmm. did figure out, okay, I tried it. Mm -hmm. this works this doesn't and you figured out where to plug that you didn't just scrap everything and you didn't just stick with it because you knew how to do it even though it wasn't making you money because you know as an entrepreneur as a creator you really do have to keep trying and Mm -hmm. keep um, recreating yourself yes so now you've recreated yourself into someone who helps other Mm -hmm. authors Mm -hmm.
1: so what does that
0: look like for you
1: Well, um, you know, I I like it to me. It's so great. I, I believe that everyone has wisdom to share and that my mission is to help people get that wisdom out into the world. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, they'll have a great idea. And this doesn't necessarily end at books, but they'll have a great idea about a product or service. And but they they'll hold back because they feel like, well, somebody else has done it before me or somebody else did it better than me. And and the thing that I like to say is that expertise is really a continuum. It's not an either or situation, right? So even if you're a someone who only, let's say on a scale of one to 10, you're only at a three. Well, there's still so many people at a zero or one, right? That you can help. And so and and also you put your own spin on it like you know you look at all of the leadership books that have been written in the world right and they're still being written every day and that's because even though the principles might be the same the way that you say them or the way that i say them it will resonate with people right and where they might not hear it from me they'll hear it from you just because of the phrasing or the way you said it or because of your history your experience and they go oh yeah i've got the same experience so i'm going to listen to her right and so that's really what i like to tell people is don't be afraid of either writing your book or doing a new product or a new service because someone has already done it before, all that says is, well, obviously there's a need for it because other people are doing it. And if there's a need for it and you can put your spin on it, then go ahead and add to that collective knowledge that's out there in the world.
0: Well, in worst case scenario, you learn something mm-hmm. or you find other like-minded people who mm-hmm. are interested
1: in your that's voice. That's right. And, that's
0: right. I mean, those are all lens. Yes, that's and right.
1: Yeah. I, I have a I have a friend who I used to travel with and, and she would always say, wherever we went, she would say, We'll either have a good time or we'll have a good story to tell. So, you know, it's always Which good. is a great outlook. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's right. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: So, what is the process like for someone who wants to write a book and Mm -hmm.
1: they've got an idea and they're not Mm -hmm. sure where to start? Sure. Well, I, I start out by telling people to answer a couple questions. One, the first one is, what, who is, who, who are you writing the book for? That's the first thing, right? Because again, let's just take the, the topic of leadership, right? There's many, many books that are already on leadership, but if you're writing a book about, women in leadership or teen leadership or christian leadership or something like that so you want to pick who are you writing the book for and how is their life going to be different or better after they read your book right so that's what we call the big promise what is what are you promising the reader that they will that they will gain from reading your book and then the second thing i ask people to look at is their why why do you want to write the book? What? How is the book going to change your life when you become a published author? Is that going to give you a platform for speaking? Is it going to allow you to put your process on paper so that you can demonstrate your thought leadership in your industry? Uh, is it something that I'm working with a client right now who's not really interested in making money from the book, but he wants to give the book away because he's, you know, he's been very successful and he wants to focus on people that are just starting out and giving this book away to organizations that are working with young people. So, you know, you want to think about what are you, what do you, want the book to do for you? And then the third thing is, what topic do you want to write about, right? Because you have so much knowledge, even about a particular area, you probably have a lot of knowledge. And these days, people don't want to read a 300 page book, right? That's just not where people's heads are at. They want to read a short book, 150, maybe 200 pages. So I tell them, Look at who you're writing the book for, which was that first question, and think about what is the big problem that they are one of the big problems that they're dealing with right now, right? Mm-hmm. For me with the with the first book and the innkeepers, it's how do what do I do in the off season? How can I be successful in the off season? And then you write a book just about that topic. So I love to tell people you're writing your first book and not your only book, right? Because you probably have multiple areas that you could write about. But when you hone in on that one problem that you're trying to solve, then it makes it easier for you to write. It makes it easier for people to read as well. So it sounds like you also help people define their creative
0: process. You don't just take whatever they have and put it out there and hope for the best,
1: you also help them make sure right, they're going to be successful. Right, right. Because one of the things I tell people is you want your book to be marketable. And marketable can mean many different things. It can mean you want people to purchase it, but it could also mean that it, you want to have it as part of your brand. And so you have to write a book that reflects what it is that you want that book to do for you. And yes, I'm very process oriented. I have a step by step process. And I tell people that I was a math major in college and I worked with bits and bytes for my career, my corporate career. So if I can write two books, I trust me, you can write a book as well. So, yeah. So even though, you know, there's not necessarily a formula to writing a nonfiction book, but there are certain types of books. So there are books that are tips, right? There's a book called, um, I think it's like the backpacker's guide or something like that. And it's just a series of 150 tips on how to get the most. Out of your backpack. Then there are books that are uh, what we call prescription books. They're how-to books. So Tony Robbins writes a lot of those. You know, like mm-hmm. Ten Steps to Financial Freedom, that kind of a thing. And so what I do with my clients is we look at what is the area that they want to write about, and then what is the what is the wisdom that they want to share, and then we figure out well how can we structure a book that best reflects that wisdom, right, into one of those different ways, tips or you know, stories or case studies and things like that, and I help them figure out how to structure each chapter, which then makes it easier to write, because the knowledge is already in their head. We just have to get it out of their head and onto paper, right? I imagine that's probably the
0: hardest part sometimes. (laughs) It is. It is. (laughs)
1: That is the hardest part.
0: (laughs) So, who should be looking for you? What kind of client are you looking for? This is your time for a commercial. Mm-hmm. Give us your commercial for you and your kind of
1: client. Sure, sure. Well, I I usually work with clients who are either entrepreneurs or they're uh, coaches or consultants. Those are the primarily the people that I work with. And they're people who, uh, who have a burning desire to share their knowledge, right? and to help other people. So those are the people that I love to work with. And you have to be um, receptive to gentle guidance, right? Uh, (laughs) I I have a step-by-step process, but I like to say, you know, I'm from the South. So that whole steel magnolia thing works for me, right? (laughs) So I will keep you on task. Uh, And so someone who is receptive to feedback, who doesn't think that they already know everything, right? Because some people think, oh, I'm a great writer already. I don't really need any help. But no, there is, just like everything else, there's a way to write a book that people will read. And it's not necessarily how you may have been writing in your business or things like that. So that's really the type of person. And someone who likes to have fun. I mean, I'm very casual with my clients. Uh, You know, I'm not very straight-laced. I like to laugh when we're having our sessions. So someone who is like that is really a great client for me. And should it be at the beginning of the process after they've already written something? Does that matter at all? Well, it, it does, and I actually work with people wherever they are, right? So some people come to me with just an idea, or some people come with me saying, I write a book, but I'm not exactly sure even what the idea is, so I work mm-hmm. with them through through that process. Some people come to me with a draft that's already written, and they've had it in on their laptop, in their hard drive, gathering dust, and they don't know what to do with it, or they feel like it doesn't really match what they were trying to say, so they need help, so I work with them through that. And then some people just come to me because they want to get it published you know they they've got it all written they've had it edited but they don't know how to get it published on Amazon and you know all of those things so I help them with that so I can really help people regardless of where they are in that process that's awesome because I'm sure there's a variety of stages that people end up in with their with their books of work But the ultimate goal for all of them is to hold their book in their hand. That's like my greatest joy. I love it when people get that first delivery of carton of books and they open it up and then they pull their book out and their book cover. And I I love that. Oh, I
0: can't imagine that has to be the most satisfying feeling is to actually have that That hard piece of evidence of all your hard work in your hands. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Very cool. I have one last question for you. Mm -hmm. So before I get to that, what else does our listeners need to know about Miss Linda Griffith?
1: Well, about me is, um, you know, like I said, I, I love to have fun. You know, I believe in working hard, but also playing hard as well. And I think that there is nothing that is so serious that it's a life or death situation. You know, there's many life and death situations going on all around us. But this book, whether you get it written this year or next year, you know, there's no book police that are going to come after you and say, <laughs> you you told me you were going to write a book in 2022 and you didn't do it until 2023. No one's going to come after you and say that, right? So I just say, uh, you, you know, I, I like to not put too much pressure on people, but to work with them to accomplish what they want to accomplish. I love that.
0: <laughs>
1: so last
0: question what advice would you give your younger self?
1: Yeah, uh, well, you know, it's kind of how I've lived my life, which is don't be afraid to experiment. You know, it's uh, so many times we get hung up on what our parents think is successful or what society thinks is successful. And, um, you know, what traditionally the jobs that, you know, people have gone into. and, And in this day and age, it's so flexible with the internet and the access that you have to other people that you can create your own way of success. It doesn't have to match anybody else's. And so what I would say is don't be afraid to experiment, you know, try different things because regardless of the age that you may be, you can always take a different path. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, um, you know, when I left corporate, I was in my fifties and yet I still pivoted, you know, multiple times after that. (laughs) So, So don't be afraid. You can, you can always find the thing that you want to do. That's such a good outlook. I know so many people look
0: forward or uh, hesitate to look forward to the future because, you know, Mm -hmm. life ends at 30 or 40 Mm -hmm. or 50 Mm -hmm. or what have you. But um, Mm -hmm. as you can see by looking around you, you know, it changes and people can, you know, metamorphosis at any time. That's right. Such a good outlook. <laughs> Linda, I've appreciated our time together and listeners, all the information about how to get in touch with Linda is in the podcast notes. Please do. And
1: thank you so much for coming thank on you, Leadership Jim. Requested. It was great talking to you. Thank you so much for the invitation.
0: Thank you. Like what you hear? Become a supporter of Leadership Requested. Subscribe to the Leadership Requested podcast. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for listening and catch us next Wednesday on Leadership Requested. Your leadership has been requested. Are you ready?